knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Mobile hunters, if you're interested in upping your mobile game, then head to TetheredNation.com and check out their saddle gear. There are a few things you can actually buy that will help you become a better deer hunter or give you the freedom to hunt any tree or any situation. This is the reason why I started saddle hunting in the first place and why I use Tethered's gear. I can honestly say that Tethered's saddle gear has changed how I hunt for the better. Big tree, little tree, from the ground, it doesn't matter. I'm untethered by my gear to hunt the best setup for the situation, instead of hunting for a tree that my gear can use. My current core setup consists of the Phantom Saddle, Tethered One Sticks, and the Predator Platform, along with an assortment of their accessories. So if you want to up your mobile game, head over to TetheredNation.com. If you're like me, you spend lots of time poring over maps, looking at weather data, all in an effort to help predict when and where my best times to hunt will be. It'd be nice if there was a reliable source with all this information in one place. Enter the Spartan Forge app. Unlike some other predictive apps on the market, Spartan Forge was created from military combat intelligence experience tailored for hunters and stands at the nexus of machine learning and white-tailed deer hunting. No more man-made algorithms. This is a predictive model based on real GPS collared deer data, historical and predictive weather, and the next level of mapping imagery, all at my fingertips. I've been using the iOS app this season, and it has replaced all my other mapping tools. Visit SpartanForge.ai and sign up today, or head to your iOS or Android app store. Use the promo code TRUTH to save some money and download it today. Welcome to the Truth From A Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 276. Today is a quick session all about creating off-season habits, so stay tuned. What is up, everyone? Happy whatever day of the week this happens to be. We're trying something a little bit new. This is a a one-off or an extra podcast, if you will. And I want to try out something new, but I want to throw it to you guys, and you tell me if it's something that you you dig or that you that you don't dig. Um, so here's the idea. I run this podcast, of course, and then there's also a YouTube channel. And sometimes, you know, I create videos on YouTube and not everybody necessarily goes to YouTube to watch the videos. That's fine. Some people are more podcast people. Some people are more video YouTube people. So with that, at times, whenever I create a video, 
sometimes it doesn't necessarily always require to have the video part of it to kind of tell the story or to get the, the point across to where the content or the idea, the audio will stand on its own as a kind of standalone podcast. And so what I wanted to do is where it's appropriate, when it makes sense, and when, when the, the content would actually work and be uh, valuable to people just listening to it, I wanted to share it on the podcast as, as kind of like a short form, you know, something that's 10 to maybe 15 minutes long tops um, to be able to share that information with, with you guys or those of you that may not be headed to the, to, to, the, uh, to the YouTube channel. So today's session is really the kind of the first uh, foray into that. So like I said, you guys let me know if you dig this, if you don't dig it, if you're going to the YouTube channel, you're like, hey, this is doubling up or duplicates, uh, duplicate information, just yeah, keep it on YouTube. Just give me that feedback and let me know and we will kill it. This is you guys' uh, kind of ship, pirate ship, if you will. I'm just kind of the uh, the steward of the pirate ship, but this is really you all show. And I want to make sure that you know you guys are getting what you're, what you're looking for when you're showing up here every week. Uh, looking for us to talk, uh, talk deer hunting. So today's first kind of jump into it is, you know, I started doing some thinking at the end of the season, like I always do about the upcoming season and just started thinking about, you know, my process, my plan, my approach to kind of getting things ready for the upcoming year. And I really started thinking about, you know, over the years I've kind of created, I guess, five off season habits to kind of give myself a chance to have better public land bow hunting that maybe I had the season before. Now shooting your bow and things like that in the off season kind of go without saying, this stuff is really more uh, to the idea of what are some habits that were really helpful for me to get into uh, throughout the off season when I was really trying to make a plan for the upcoming season. So this is really more related to scouting, finding like the spot within the spot, the killing spot, wind mapping places, access and, and things of that nature, kind of how I make a, or how I've created habits around um, kind of diagnosis, the, diagnosing these things and making plans for the upcoming for the upcoming season. So with that, we're going to go ahead and just jump into this episode. And as always, thank you all for listening. If you've ever listened to the podcast, you probably pick up pretty quickly that I focus all on public land DIY bow hunting. And public land hunting, you know, whether you're hunting in state or out of state, has becoming has become increasingly popular over the past couple of years. The biggest reason, at least in my opinion, or the biggest advantage of hunting public land is just the the, the fact that it's widely available and that if you're not having the type of hunt or you're getting into pressure, or you're just not getting into deer on a specific piece, you can always kind of move on to the next piece. With that, there is some postseason work and postseason habits to form to help you make sure that you're having the best opportunity for success, you know, in the upcoming season. And with that, these are my top five postseason habits to help you have a better public land archery season. Off-season habit number one, where I always start is look at the end of my prior season and immediately start to set goals for the upcoming season. That usually consists of how many pieces do I wanna, do I wanna scout? How many new, new pieces are there that I'm going to go check out? How many pieces have I hunted in the past that maybe weren't great and you know had a ton of pressure and maybe I crossed them off my list? And how many pieces did I hunt that I need to go back in and kind of re-diagnose because maybe it was pretty good, but I just didn't quite have it dialed in. So that's kind of usually always where I start is just in the scouting process of figuring out what my goal is in terms of how many setups or how many places I want to have uh, dialed in. And then the other part to kind of hold myself accountable, what I do is I set a mileage uh, number that I want to try to achieve during the off season. So a lot of times for me, it might be you know, 100 miles I want to try to put on my boots during the course of the off season. And if I do that, then I'll feel like I've done enough of my homework to give myself a really good chance to, to have the type of hunts I want to have. The other part is, is looking at um, hard to get to places and overlooked areas. The hard to get to places are usually pretty common knowledge. It's like, are you willing to walk further than, than the next guy? 
The other part is, is knowing that most people walk about a half mile. A lot of times they bypass a lot of really good stuff that is close to the parking lot. I found plenty of good areas that were either really close to roads, really close to parking lots, where I ended up having really good either camera into inventory or really good, um, really good encounters. So don't overlook those spots that are close to parking areas because a lot of times deer will lay up in those spots because they'll just watch people walk by them and it's probably one of the, the safer areas in the entire timber is, is setting up close to the parking lot for, for a deer that doesn't want to get shot. The last thing I'll do is really scout the pressure. Um, as much as you're scouting deer, or as much as I'm scouting deer whenever I'm out scouting, I'm also looking for where the human sign is. Particularly, I wanna see where people's tree stand setups are uh, when, when I'm out in the timber, whether it's a ladder stand or whatever. If I prefer to see people's setups that are ladder stands because then I know they're not moving. If someone has a hang on that's set, then they might be a little bit mobile, they might shift their setups a little bit. But by and large, if they're letting them hang there all year, that's usually where they're gonna be. And then I'll know that and I can make a plan based off of where their pressure's going to come from and then also potentially how they might access those areas. And that'll help me kind of devise a plan as to where how they're gonna maybe move deer, what their wind is going to do, and help me kind of make a, a holistic plan based on deer sign and human sign. Off-season habit number two, find the killing spot. So you've put all this time in scouting, finding you know areas where deer are spending time, places that you feel good about. The best time to kind of diagnose where you should be set up is, is, is when you're there. Too many times I personally have said, found a spot and said, you know what, I'm gonna come back here in July or August. And when I do that, that's when I'm gonna pick my tree or I'm gonna bring some gear along and maybe you know, make sure I have my setup dialed in. Truth be told, 90% of the time that doesn't happen. I get cameras set and then I just don't go back in until I, until I hunt. Um, whenever you are scouting and you can set up your killing spots during the time that you're scouting just reduces that much more guesswork whenever you're in the timber, you know, on an early October morning or trying to get in quiet for an afternoon hunt if you're setting up close to bedding or whatever the case is. So finding the killing spot and getting it dialed in in the off season is really important. A tip from my buddy, the bow hunting fiend, Mr. Greg Litzinger, this is something I picked up from him that he started doing and that I'm gonna start adopting because for that exact reason of saying I'll get back there soon or in a month or two and get my killing spot dialed in and then I never do, what he actually does is carries his saddle gear with him into the timber. And then whenever he gets to a spot that say he finds a primary scrape area or something like that that he wants to set up nearby or a, you know maybe a pinch point that's off of that that's gonna funnel deer, He'll actually get into a tree and pick the right tree for the, the wind that he thinks he's gonna need to hunt in that spot, get into the tree, get to climbing height, and kind of look to see you know, a couple different things. Which tree is the right one? What wind am I gonna be able to hunt this spot on? How high do I need to climb? And how many sticks am I going, am I, am I going to need? And what is the overall kind of setup, right? And what he does is he ends up journaling all this that way, whenever he gets ready to hunt on an October morning, he just looks to that spot, this is spot A, and then knows exactly how high he needs to climb, how many sticks he's gonna to need to take, and what wind is gonna be ideal for, for that setup. He'll even go as far as to kind of mark attack at climbing height, that way you're not you know, in the dark getting too high and you're dealing with branches that you didn't plan to deal with in the off season and things of that nature. So it just takes a lot of the guesswork out and gives you a lot more solid setup. Of course, like I mentioned, you wanna focus these setups for the primary wind that you wanna hunt, but I also try to look for tree setups that will give me opportunities to hunt that spot on, on multiple winds. Not every spot are you able to do that, but if you can find maybe two trees or three trees that'll give you a chance to hunt that on multiple winds, that just makes that spot that much more valuable. Off-season habit number three, this is wind mapping. This is something I started doing a couple years ago, so not to get too deep into to wind and thermals and things of that nature, but you know the, the prevailing wind that you see on your weather app 
whatever you might be using, whether you're using a, a hunting app like a Spartan Forge or whatever the case is, or if you're just looking it up online before you go hunt, that prevailing wind is just the direction that the wind is coming, coming from. It has really very little to do with what the wind is actually doing in the spot that you're hunting. The only way to know that is to actually be in that spot and check it. There's a lot of things at play, whether it's thermals, prevailing wind, wind currents, um, things of that nature, you know, what type of habitat you're set up on or set up in. And, uh, there's a lot of factors that go into it and the only way to really know is to be in the spot and check it. So during the off season when I'm scouting, I'll take milkweed along with me and I will drop milkweed in spots that I plan to hunt and I'll watch what the milkweed does. And then I'll look at my weather app and I'll look and say, Hey, I have a North wind here on a North wind. This blows true. I'll kind of take note of, is it an overcast day? Is it a warm day? Is it a sunny day? Whatever the case is. So I can kind of get an idea of what the thermals might be, you know, uh, how the thermals might be factoring in to what my milkweed is doing. Every time I go back to those spots, I do the same thing. And over time, if I get enough different prevailing winds, I get a really good idea of what the wind is going to do in those positions on very specific winds. Some of the stuff is trial and error, but you can take some of the guesswork out of the wind if you wind map areas every time you're in them during the off season. Off season habit number four, map your access. As you're scouting and you get to the different places that you kind of deem uh, locations that you want to either potentially hunt or that you're gonna for sure hunt, you usually don't get to those spots the way that you would likely access them when you're hunting. So this takes a little extra prep work after you've already scouted. I, I go back to areas that I know I'm for sure gonna hunt, and when I kinda look at it, I know that the access is gonna either be challenging, long, or it might just have a, a ton of undergrowth that I'm gonna have to deal with, especially if it's a spot that I'm gonna try to hunt in the earlier part of the season when the foliage is still all on like the on the on the bushes and on the trees and stuff like that. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll make a dry run in the summer, you know, when it's going to be the thickest because if I can get in quiet and stealthy when it's at its thickest point, I'll have no problem when when the fall comes. So I'll make a dry run, I'll use my Spartan Forge app and just map my trail as I'm making my way through. That way when I come back in the fall, I know exactly where I need to be. A lot of times in these thicker areas, being off by five feet to one side or the other is the difference between getting in quiet and just making a ton of noise and, and, and blowing everything out. The other thing that I like to do as well is I going back to scouting and finding where other people's tree stands are and their, and their setup locations are at. If I know what access they're using and I know they're going to be using it and you know, walking through an area or, or maybe it's a hiking trail or a, or a biking trail or whatever the case is, I'll use other people's access to a point to where I need to then jump off their access and then onto my own to kind of get into my spot. The reason being is there's already traffic on that, in, that, in that general area, whether it's another hunter that's walking through there or whether it's someone mountain biking or whatever the case is. So deer are probably either used to seeing people in that general location or people have used it often enough to access it for hunting, for their own hunting stands or whatever the case is, that they've pushed deer out of there already. So I'm not doing any further damage prior to me getting into hunt. Off season habit number five, make a contingency plan. This kind of ties back to, to scouting in, in general. The one thing that I can confidently say, there's not many things in hunting that I could say with 100% certainty, but one thing that I can say is that during the course of the year, if you're hunting all public land, you're going to have a hunt blown up for a multitude of reasons during the course of the year, at least one time, if not more often. Whether it's having another hunter come in on you, whether it's someone walking their dog, you know, near where you're near where you're hunting, bird watchers, hikers, whatever the case is, you're going to have hunts that are blown up. Instead of 
your hunt, hunt being blown up, killing that entire day of hunting, you want to have multiple spots that you can move to that you feel that you feel good about. That way you're not wasting a day of hunting. One thing I really like to do is if I do have a hunt that's blown up, I'll often have multiple spots that I can go to, and maybe it's not my prime spot. Maybe, you know, maybe I have a spot that is only good for one wind and I don't have it that day and I'm not gonna hunt that spot and ruin it. But I might have three or four other spots that I scouted in the off season that I've not hunted yet and I've never hunted. Maybe I wind mapped them you know, during, during the time that I was scouting, but maybe I need to go get more intel about them. And maybe that gives me an opportunity to do a little in-season scouting around those areas that I found during the off-season that I've not hunted yet and start to qualify them in-season. Get some idea whether deer are spending time there in October, the first week, the second week. What are the food sources doing, things of that nature. So just because a hunt has gotten blown up in one spot doesn't mean your hunt's dead. Have a plan A through Z for every season and for every setup. That way you don't waste any time in the timbering. You don't waste any of your days hunting. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. If you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Spartan Forge, Exodus, and Skull Brew Coffee Company. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace microdosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.